This is Real Talk with Coach Valerie Malone, your source of empowering ideas and actionable strategies for life, business, and leadership. Join your host, Valerie Malone, leadership coach and motivational speaker on a journey to unlocking your true potential. Stephanie, thank you so much for taking time to be in my podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you here with us. It's such a pleasure to be here as well. Thank you for having me. Now, you are a teen transformational coach. In your own word, tell us a little bit about that. What is there that you do? You know, I work with teens to help them really create new outcomes, positive outcomes, I help them really reframe the thoughts in their heads because our thoughts really control how we feel and and our moods and everything we do, our emotions. And then, you know, once I can get them to really bring awareness to that, then we can start changing our decisions and our choices because we're not influenced so much by our emotions and those feelings. And so we make better decisions, better outcomes, and they get those results that they're looking for and they get you know, I, and I coach kids with all different kinds of, um, I don't like to call them issues. I like to call them, they're just lacking some skills to navigate through the world. It's such an amazing thing that you do. And especially to me, uh, it was really interesting to find out that um, we should all do that, but it's so important to focus on our teenagers and our new generation and, and give them that mindset. Because a lot of time, like even now for us, some of the stuff that we regret and have a doubt and fear and everything is coming from the childhood and coming from the teenagers. So you're targeting in a very right stage of mind to train them to, to accepting themselves and do things that is good for them. Um, how did you choose to do this? What, what made you become a teen transformational coach? You know, everybody asks me that. And it's so funny because You know, I started out my career, most people don't know this, I started out my career as an adult, as a teacher. I was a high school teacher for many Mm -hmm. years, and then I was a, you know, an athletic coach for over over a decade. And then I got into the business world, and I, you know, changed course, and I led a lot of people at um, a company, a well-known top 50 company. I led people in the field, and I ran a lot of big teams, small teams, and I just really, for the last past 30 some years I've been developing people and so I guess you know seeing all the people in the workplace and seeing the struggles that so many and I'm not talking like 20 percent people struggling in the workplace I'm talking more like 50 percent of the people struggling in the workplace to promote themselves to advance their careers to get along with their managers to solve problems to um, handle new challenges new skills, learn new things. I just saw there was such a deficit there. And so instead of, you know, with all my leadership over the years, I could have easily targeted adults and executive leadership, but I decided, you know what? The younger generation, I don't want them to have those struggles that I saw in the workplace. I saw so many struggles and so much conflict. And I want to give teens the advantage. I want to give them a gift that will help them, not just in their current moment, but for years to come. Wow. Wow. That's such an amazing story. Now, 
So you consider yourself an entrepreneur and you are entrepreneur coming from the world of cooperative and being a teacher and going around doing that. Tell us how how is the entrepreneurial world? How, like the, is, is, is there an obstacle that you had to come to? Is there like uh, a lot of doubt at first? H- how that felt to go from working for someone and then now you have your own business and actually you are the CEO of your business? I tell you, it was quite the shift. You know, running all these facilities for the company I worked for, I was in charge. However, there was, you know, even though I was running a business, there were so many parts of the business that I hadn't even dipped into. Like, for one, the marketing. Mm. Nobody's going to go out there and promote you except for yourself. So for me, learning all that audio, video, video, writing content, um, you know, writing in the the words that speak to who you're trying to help and really getting to understand what kind of problems and solutions they're looking for. And, you know, so for me, it was, it was really um, not so much running the day-to-day business, but really learning to promote myself and not being shy about that and learning how to connect with people outside of social media and how to get involved in the community. And I tell you, there was a lot of anxiety there last summer. I remember specifically all the anxiety, like, can I do this? What am I doing? You know, can can I roadmap this out to really help people? Do people want my help? And you know, that as an entrepreneur, those are some of the first things that, you know, go through your head. And then you just have to really think about your business, what you want it to be like, five years out, 10 years out, and then build backwards. And I think that was one of the biggest things that helped me was looking at that vision. Like, Mm -hmm. what do I want my business to look like? How am I going to help teenagers and parents? And and what does that look like? What programs will I have? So, you know, all of that, uh, there are so many challenges. I can't even, I can't even begin to, to express all the challenges I went through mentally and physically. However, now I feel like, you know, all that learning and getting help with the business side and, and bouncing ideas off your peers and you know business coaches, it, it really fast-tracked me to get um, client base. So, but definitely a challenge. Wow. I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of our listeners are uh, uh, females that are looking to either uh, start their business or wanted to scale up their business. So I'm a business mentor and I talk about these subjects a lot. Um, I've been an entrepreneur for almost all my life. So to me, it's easy. When I when I talk to people about entrepreneurial, it's in me. And sometimes I have to like pull myself down and like, you know, okay, not everybody knows what you know. So you got to kind of like, uh, but it's very difficult for, I've seen so many people, so many entrepreneurs that are starting, they have this challenge mindset that if I can make it, why me? If they listen to me, what if I can make it? And all these doubts and things comes to their mind, which we all have, but some of them are really head hard. Either they give up or they feel like they're not good enough to do this. So we emphasize on that a lot in this podcast. And you are such an amazing example of that, that coming from being a teacher and becoming a new own entrepreneur, like you said, going through all of this and that leadership mentality alone is so hard to you know, digest and, and, and get used to because you're responsible for everything when you're an entrepreneur. If somebody's listening right now and ask you that, um, I'm struggling and I'm self-doubting myself and I don't know how to do my marketing and I don't know, 
what would your advice would be for them? What what they have to do to get past that trash hole and that gap? Sure. Well, it goes back to that power of thought, recognizing when you're self-doubting yourself. And when the moment you self-doubt, stop, go back to your vision. What is your vision? Write down one thing that particular day you can do to move yourself towards that vision. Mm-hmm. And try to clip that, oh, I can't do it thought. Because we all have those thoughts. We're all human. I mean, that's just part of human nature. It's really not letting your mind go deeper and farther into that, oh, no, there's no way I can. So it's, I think there's several things I think you have to, one, continuously work on that plan every day. Find your small wins. You know, a, a win might not be getting a client right away. A win might be just getting um, content delivered on social media. So I think you have to find your little wins. Uh, that was really hard for me. You know, I came from, you know, a company who measured every single metric, every single metric. And for me, when I went on my own, I didn't know how to measure my success. And so that allows fear to set in. That allows you to say, well, I didn't do anything today. You know, you seem busy all day, but I didn't accomplish anything today. I didn't achieve the big win. So I think for entrepreneurs, you have to decide how are you going to measure your success? Because that's how we feel like we're winning. So write down your small wins and log those small wins. Don't just like, hey, woo, I got a go me moment. No, log those small wins so you can look back and say, okay, I did do this. Hey, and I'm so much farther than I was three months ago. So I think really understanding how you're going to measure your success, that helps you build that mindset that I am moving forward every single day and I can do this and I'm doing it. I can't, it's not that I can, it's that I am doing it. Oh, that's so beautiful. I thank you so much for saying that because this is this is the whole thing. Every single day, like you said, it's not about getting clients, it's not about making money, but just getting comfortable to be in front of the camera. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That is it. Or like you said, creating a content yeah. or, or uh, going in this world of social media and it's like, oh, a million people is watching me and I don't know what I'm talking about. So every those little one counts. That is beautiful. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what a lot of entrepreneurs are suffering right now. Um, they try to be perfect. They try to, oh my God, I'm not good, good enough. You know, I have to do perfect. Like you said, I have to have this big win in order to consider myself successful, but not really. And in world of business, every little thing that we do that to move that needle counts and that's a win for us to do what we do and it's not easy but we do it every single day so now i'm gonna shift gear a little bit about your work now you said your clients are teenagers how is that work or do you work with their parents as well or just with teen by itself how how does that work sure i have um private coaching and i have group coaching i i'm going to launch some more group coaching i just finished with a series of it However, my private one-on-one coaching is, here's how it works. I I work with the parent. I give them a list of skills. Um, There's about 60 skills they have to choose from. And I like to call it, I have phases of coaching. Because I've learned that coaching is not one session. It's not two sessions. It's a program. And so the parent picks, let's say, three skills that they feel their kid could really benefit from learning. Because most of the time when kids come to me, they don't want to be there. Like I had a a new... uh, client this week he didn't want to be there his mom had him be there and you know he's like I don't even know why I'm here 
So, you know, I have to um, have the parent pick the skill that they want to learn. And that gives us, me and that teen, something to focus on. So, you know, when you have clients, you have, they want to run a business. They want to launch, a, you know, their business. So they have specific goals. Well, most of the time when teens come to me, most of the time, they don't have specific goals. So those skills that the parent picks out helps us have a direction for that coaching. So then we work through those skills. And I do include parents. I, it's usually a program. The first phase of a program is usually um, three skills. And it's usually where we work about a month and a half to two months together. That's about, you know, five to eight sessions. And then I also incorporate the parent into that because a lot of times what I've found is that the miscommunication between the parent and the teen is just a communication barrier. Maybe they're using different styles of communication. Maybe they're not being respectful in those communication styles and they're not hearing each other. So I love to incorporate the parent in there um, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or we include the teen. It just varies. It depends on the kid and what's going on with the kid. And so um, once we do that, and then I always allow a little leeway in case we need to put in another session to really reinforce and get that kid to really put in behaviors and thought patterns that are going to foster that success and that skill. Because I'll tell my kid, every, the kids come to me and I'm like, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. We're really we're really good in on labeling people in the world, and right. I don't like to label. And so for for the teen, I want to make sure they don't have problems. They just don't have skills that they need. And because every kid I meet, I've seen them in the workplace before, and that's the craziest thing. So I like to work with them and give them skills. And I don't give them advice. I don't tell them how to live their life, but I certainly get them to think critically about the decisions they're making, what their thoughts are doing how that impacts their mood, how that mood influences them to do things or act towards each other or in situations. And so then we work through that. We set little goals week over week and we move them closer to the skill they're trying to harness. I love that the, the process that you're doing. So you're giving the kids 60 to the parents, 60 skills that the parents can pick from. That is so unique. So they know their kids and, and they're like probably tell you, what are, what are some skills that Oh, it's the common denominator between the kids that the parents are challenging with, especially after the pandemic, now that, you know, parents are realizing they're at home together. But I, first of all, I love that you present that for them so they can pick. You don't you don't say the kids need this. Here's the list. Read the list. Tell me what is what is missing in here. And then I can, you know, work with that. But what is some of the common skill mm -hmm. kids are missing or parents feel like their kids are missing in order that they need your help? Sure. Some of the common ones are confidence. That's always a big one. Attitude, having the right attitude towards life. Social anxiety is a huge one or general anxiety. Um, that's, that's what most of the kids that I work with, they carry some sort of anxiety or depression. They carry some sort of just lack of motivation. Those are typically the larger skills. Now, if you want to break it down a little bit farther, it's how do I talk to people? How do I create that conversation? What do I do when I'm entering the school year for the first time and I've been bullied? I work with a lot of kids that have been bullied. So it's really just giving them a base of skills that will help them really gain that confidence and awareness for themselves of when they're really trying to sabotage themselves. But those to me are a lot of the big skills that I see. Overcoming negativity of others is another big one. Acceptance. 
Yeah. A lot of them feel that they're not accepted in the world. Absolutely. For Absolutely. some reason. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad we're talking about this because if you see the news lately, every shooting that happens in the school and all these stuff, teenagers are like doing it. And then um, somehow when we see the part that they interview the parents, the parents like, I had no clue my kids were like doing that or he or she was planning on doing this. So um, that's pretty much lack of connection, communication. How would you call that? Yeah, I think that's a lack of feeling valued. Most of the kids, you know, for some reason in their head, they've, they've created this sense of they don't feel valued. You know, we're a highly distracted society, highly distracted. One of my biggest goals is to get every kid to start talking to their parent, vice versa, and without distraction, because that cell phone of ours is such a distraction. We hear a notification and we instantly turn to our phone. We can be having a deep conversation with someone and that phone can get in the way so much because it will break state our thoughts. And, you know, that's that's where the kid the kids notice this stuff. They notice when the parents not paying attention. They notice when the parents distracted. They notice when they try to talk to the parent and the parent overreacts to what they're saying when they're just trying to tell their parents something. And so it really continues to push, push, push them away because all they want is peace, harmony, and to feel valued. It's so interesting how many kids tell me they just want peace in the world. They just want harmony in the world. They're just so sick of all this fighting they see and all this animosity between people. They're just so sick of it because it really doesn't give them a lot of hope for the future. They're, they see, wow, is this really the way it is? So I really try to connect the parent with the kid and really talk to the parent about limiting that time on social media because if you don't counterbalance, let's say you allow your kid to stay up all night long because it's the summer and they're up all night long and what are they doing all night is the question. If they're on their cell phone for three hours, that's three hours that you have to do as a parent to counterbalance all that influence they're seeing. Because most kids, when they see something on social media, if the person has a lot of followers or they have a lot of likes, um, comments, they're going to be like, whoa, this person's important. So they must be telling the truth. Well, if parents don't, if they're not in tune with what they're watching, they're not seeing these influences that are happening every single day, all of a sudden your kid starts talking about something that's completely opposite of what you've been raising them on. And then you don't even understand why, because you might not have been paying attention to all the other influence that they're getting. It's a tough job as a parent because there's so much influence out there. And so one of the things I like to make sure the parent brings awareness to is what are they doing on that cell phone? What are they watching? And observe, get involved. Don't, don't harp on them, but get involved with them and say, Hey, who do you like to watch? Hey, wow, that video was really interesting. What else do you watch? And this kind of see and observe in that way, in the back end, you can go back and say, Hey, so what do you think about this? Was what they were telling you, was it right or wrong? Was it helpful to you? Was it hurtful to you? Was it going to hurt somebody else? Or was it going to hurt you? Like really trying to get some critical thinking in there to see if that influences best for you or not. Wow. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Cell phone is like very, very important to watch out for. Even for grown up, let alone for kids, for God's sake. 
even us were like, you know, as, as grown up, we get some time comparison with other in our own field. Like you see, like you said, the followers, the like, the comments, oh my God, this person must be doing so good. But there's so many tricks behind that, that a lot of grown up doesn't know, let alone the teenager. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you brought that point, um, that three hours that you are accountable for that cell phone is what your child is doing, who they're watching, well, who they're listening to, and that's really shaped them up for um, adulthood. So now a lot of parents are listening to you right now, and they're like so excited to hear you, and they're like, okay, you know, I got this. This is great. I want her. If they want to decide to get involved with their kids, and you said that this is the more important, first thing, an important thing that they can do, what are some steps that they can take? Let's just say we're not getting along for a while now. I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. My kid is doing her own thing. I'm doing my thing. And now that I'm listening to you, I'm realizing that, wow, it's important for me to get involved in life and have communication. What are some steps that they can do to just um, start that without, like you said, hovering over the kid and the kid is like, what the fuck now? Like, what happened all of a yeah, sudden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the first thing is to make them feel valued. Put the cell phone down, put the distractions down, really spend time talking to your kid. Ask them how their day was. Don't react though. You know, as adults, when people react in a negative way to us, we stop sharing. Well, kids are no different. So try to really learn on less reaction, more listening. Really try to hear them. When you're really listening to them, you can then understand what thought patterns they're talking about. You can hear words, terms, and phrases that they're using that might be, you know, limiting words that really hold the kid back. And, you know, really try to, if you really want to influence your kid, don't do it in the moment where the kid is trying to share. Revisit that. Process it yourself. Like, whoa, what did my kid just tell me? Okay, that was a weird story. I wanted to react and say, what's going on? But, you know, peel back and just sit, relax, and then revisit. If you feel like that's a a value or a belief you need to revisit, do it, you know, when the kid's in a good mood. Do it when you have time to really sit down for a few minutes and go through it. Um, And also hug your kid. You know, hug them. Tell them. Tell them you love them because a lot of kids, they hear the negative, negative, negative. And even though you might say it one time a day, they might not hear it because they've already had so much negative that they've heard that it doesn't counterbalance. The, the positive doesn't counterbalance the negative that they heard. You know, so there's got to be that balance. If you're going to harp on your kid about a lot of things and you want them to be a certain way, well, you also got to love them just as much because we as humans, we remember the bad stuff more than we remember the good stuff. And I think, you know, if you have multiple kids, try to make time for each kid specifically so you can talk to them and generate conversation. Get your kids to think critically. So instead of telling, I think asking questions is such a a much more effective way to talk because most of the time they don't want that unsolicited feedback. They just want to talk and they don't want your advice. They don't want you to fix their problem for them. And they just want you to listen. And so trying to ask questions to get better understanding, better clarity. Hey, so is what I'm hearing that, you know, you're you're having issues with this friend that's a part of another group? Like, really try to understand what they're telling you. Don't assume you understand. Wow. What a powerful tips. 
ladies and gentlemen, really, really is important to listen to this because it's such simple, but yet so effective because like you said, hugging your child, just like, you know, like that is such simple thing, but we are so busy we to miss that or asking question. But I love the fact that you said, don't react right away, just for that information to come in, especially if you're disconnected with your child or with your teenager and they come in and all of a sudden you're starting to build up and you're listening to us and like, okay, I'm going to better the relationship now. And you're listening to them and all of a sudden you hear this stuff and you're like, oh shit, but just calm down. And then just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, calm down. <laughs> That's the hardest part, right? Yeah. Yeah, it not, is. Not to react and be like, what the hell? You just calm down. And then and I love what you said that maybe that's new for you too. Just just kind of like digest the you know, the disinformation within yourself first, so you can come up with a better response and better communication yeah. for your yeah. child. Yeah. Can I add one more thing? Absolutely. I think it's really important. Please. You know, we all in the adult world, we always we always hear things about boundaries. You know, as a parent, I think and I learned this through management. Uh -huh. But if you don't, if you don't predetermine what the consequences are, if it, all kids are going to misbehave, they're they're curious, they're they're going to push the envelope. But if you don't have predetermined consequences, then it, it's going to be harder. Like if you don't do your chores, well, then you're going to forfeit your phone to me because that's the consequence because you knew in advance. What was going to happen if you made that choice not to do your chores? But the other piece of that is really being accountable for that because a lot of parents, oh, I don't want to punish them. You know, they're working so hard and we make every excuse for inappropriate behavior. And so we don't follow through with the accountability piece. The accountability piece isn't to be a mean old mom or a mean old dad, that accountability piece is to teach them that there are consequences when we make certain behaviors or make certain choices. And if you can't stick to that accountability, then your child's probably going to continue to push that envelope and push that envelope. And I think the other piece of that, if you really want to have an effective household, is two things. One, respect. Communication cannot be disrespectful in the household. No name calling, no snide comments, no demeaning remarks. That's not appropriate. It's not appropriate if you love someone. Mm. And, you know, there's no reason to tear the ones down that we love. The other piece is um, make sure that, you know, when you are being respectful, you're modeling the way. Everything we learn is a learned behavior. Everything. Kids are, parents sometimes are like, I don't know why my kid screams and yells at me. Well, do you and your spouse scream and yell at you? Because if you do, you're just saying it's okay to scream and yell at each other. So, you know, I think you have to have a team atmosphere, get your kids involved in the team atmosphere. If you want to help them succeed in the workplace down the, down the road, building that teamwork within your own household helps because when you go to the workforce, it's about being a team. Yeah. And I think that can be very effective. Parents are so busy. Well, give your kids skills, help, have them help with the laundry, have them help with cooking, have them help with the yard work, pulling weeds or whatever it is, because the more they do, the less they sit around with an empty space to let negative thoughts fill their head and more things that they do that they can be proud of will build that sense of accomplishment and confidence.
Oh, I say that to my daughter all the time. Every time she calls me and she tells me that I'm bored. And say, I, I, or she tells me, I have this. I'm like, you're bored. You need to get something and do something. Yeah. Now I'm going to discuss something with you. And I want I want your uh, opinion on this because there are a couple of things that um, I talk to a lot of coaches and I talk to a lot of moms and I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs. So from the entrepreneurial perspective, I'm guilty of that. And I'm sure a lot of other women that are listening right now, uh, like I love when you said boundary and love, there's a 10 line between that and what, right? Cause we cross that. We said, like, Oh, I mm-hmm. love, I love him. I love her. And we go above and beyond do everything to uh, make our kids happy on the other side, which mm-hmm. is not good. Sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest things that um, a lot of parents struggle is money. You know, the way they talk about the money with the kids or what money means and all of that stuff. So that is a big um, subject that I noticed that a lot of, um, I will say teenager, but more like a 20 and up, up to 30 that are missing, that they don't know that value of work, making money, saving money, how to spend money, what money means and all of that. What would you say to that parents, how to bring that conversation and how important it is to talk about money with your kids and educate them when it comes to that? And are you talking earlier in life or you're talking once they hit that 20? Well, well as early as possible, yeah. because I have a 27 years old she doesn't know shit about money and all she does know is to spend 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 and that's it and yeah. I, listen i'm guilty of that mm-hmm. because i took care of a lot of stuff for her and everything and i had the point that now she's 27 and i one time i remember i sat her down and she was upset and then she was giving me this hard time about like having this like you know a conversation with me that was like i could see she was not comfortable with herself and i'm like what's going on with you and she was like oh i max all my credit cards and i don't know how to pay it back and i'm like i'm like oh jesus and it was really coming from that because she spent all the money she used her credit card but she was making less money she didn't know how to pay it but she didn't want to come to me because she was scared to tell me so that conversation was really difficult for me and then I started to take responsibility as a mom I was like "Uh uh-uh we're not doing that let's do ABC to in order for you Mm -hmm. to learn how to manage your money but let's just go back to the like you know Mm -hmm. the kids that you your kids that age that they are in high school I mean, from there, just because high school kids, what? They go get a job in McDonald's or something, making, you know, some money here or there. But parents have a difficulty talking about money with their kids. Yeah. And, you know, my parents did too. And it all, anytime somebody asks me this question, it takes me back to when I was 10 years old and I had a nickel in my pocket. We went to um, Hobby Lobby on the boulevard and my parents said, don't spend that nickel. Well, what did I do? I went in the store and got me a gumball. And they're like, see that I'm chewing on this gumball. And they said, you know, you're grounded. The problem with that conversation was they never told me why. Right. A lot of times I, I hear parents, I mean, I didn't learn money until it was much later. I was such a, a, a crazy spender because we didn't have a whole lot growing up. However, my parents never talked to us about money either. So I didn't understand what I need to be doing with my money to prepare for my future to where I could still live within my means and have everything I need and then, you know, save away. So I I think for parents, it's not kids need to talk about finance. They need to be creative with it, you know, like take them to the grocery store and have them pick out something, you know, give them $2 and have them pick out things that they can fit within that budget so that they can learn at an early age to budget 
okay, I got $2 to spend. What am I going to spend that $2 on? Because then all of a sudden they got to start making some critical choices of, oh, do I like the bubblicious gum better or do I want to get me a little toy? So then they got to start thinking a little bit more critically. But I really believe what we could really improve on as people is explaining the why and asking questions. So, you know, Steph, why don't I want you to spend that nickel? Why don't I want you to spend that nickel on that gumball? Rather than saying you're wrong, you're grounded, get me to think more critically about what what I'm going to do with my money. Teach them how far it spreads, you know, because we fight about money. Money becomes a, such a big issue in so many families because people overspend. But get them to understand, okay, this costs this much, so how much are you going to have to save? How many chores are you going to have to do in order to afford this? And I think the best policy is give your kids what you, they need, not always what they want. Mm. I think that right there drives a bad habit of, okay, mom and dad get me whatever I want. Well, when I grow up, if I'm always getting what I want, then I'm going to put myself in a big financial burden instead of worrying about what I actually need. That was a huge lesson for me uh, later in life is understanding I don't have to have everything I want. What can I afford? But let's take care of what I need first. And then the extra, if I put it all away, then I can get some, something nice for myself. Yeah, this is why it's so important because even now I, I talk to a lot of coaches and uh, we talk a lot about money mindset. And like you said, as a grown up, I, I've seen so many coaches having problem with money, spending money, making money, what money means to them. So it really affects their work. I mean, being an entrepreneur, um, I've seen coaches that are like coming in and the thing and they're like, okay, I got to make money. I got to make money. It's like, hold on, hold on. You know, there's a hell of a lot more to just making money. And when I talk to them about the money mindset, and believe it or not, all of those patterns that are uh, made them think the way they think about the money comes from the childhood. Like you said, mm. you know, comes from the childhood. We, yeah. we grew up with no money, or I grew up with too much money, mm. or I didn't know, you know, the responsibility of the money. So I think it's really important for parents to talk to the kids about the money as young as possible, because now, I mean, me and your example of that. Back in the days, we didn't, you know, money was almost like forbidden to talk about. It doesn't grow on the trees, you know, don't spend too much money. But they never told us why. Right. And I, that I why love that. is so important. Yeah. I love that you said that. Ask them, like, you know, give them a reason why you shouldn't spend this much money or why you should or why you should make money or I ask them to question because then as they grow up, they're not going to be like me and you that if we get some money, we don't know how to, you know, oh my God, like, you know, and, and a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs are afraid of success. And, and that is one of the other thing because we grew up poor because we didn't have the money. So the, the, the concept of making that much money is also can be very scary because of lack of conversation and a young age that we were lacking. So I'm so glad you mentioned that and, and parents should really, really pay attention to that. That was really important to me to talk about when it comes to money, because I've seen it now in adult, even now. I run a survey and one of the biggest uh, uh, thing that um, coaches were telling me to um, implement more in my program is money mindset. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Huh. 
because they're selling, they're entrepreneurs, they're making money, but it's still somehow the relationship with the money and the understanding it is hard for them because it coming from that childhood of how it was introduced to them and how the money. It's so true. I mean, we weird out about money and, mm-hmm. you know, critical thinking. It all goes back to critical thinking, I, I, I believe, where if we can get our kid, kids to weigh out consequences and really mm-hmm. understand that when they make a decision or a choice to do something, they understand what that consequence is before they ever do it. Right, it can be right. so helpful, so powerful. Yeah. So to see that the sixty skill that you're giving the parents, one of them should be money, and I would choose that money all the time. It every should. Day. Yeah. I'm going to write that down. I, yeah. I didn't have that one on my list. Absolutely, huh. absolutely. That was really important because, um, like I said, I run a survey and, and a lot of adults coming to me. So I knew that I was going to talk to you and I wanted to bring that out and, and talk about that. I don't know if you had it or not. But I think that is one of the subject is really important because I see as an adult when they come into me that they're talking about the money, but I'm and 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 then when we talk about it, they all go back to the age of what you're doing right now and you're coaching them. So that's something that I don't know if the parents are even aware of it, but something you should bring up. Yeah, sure. And talk to to the to your kids about it. This was such an amazing conversation that we're having. And it's, thank you so much for being here and thank you so much for educating us as a parent, how to deal with our kids, how to, you know, discipline our kids, how to put boundaries and how to do all that. Now, let's talk about your programs. If I wanted to, I'm listening to you, I'm loving you, I need you. How does this work? Well, you can follow me on social media at stephaniedcoaching.com. I'm sorry, it's at stephaniedcoaching. Um, my email is steph s-t-p-h at stephaniedcoaching.com mm-hmm. i'm on all the platforms tiktok instagram facebook and linkedin sure. and also i have a website that's mm-hmm. uh com. and uh yeah just reach out to me and i'd be more than happy to talk with you okay and in, and and you have one-on-one coaching as well as uh, uh programs that they can mm-hmm. enter yes i have private one-on-one coaching and my next um piece that I'm working on is I want to do a little microburst learning on all of these key concepts for kids. So I, my, my goal is to have little short 15 minute micro learning bursts every week and the kid can just go in. It will provide them a little short skill lesson on what that skill is. It'll um, be interactive with them, even though I'll be on video but also it'll present them a challenge every week to grow that skill. And so we will build on those skills in order to get them the skills they need to navigate, navigate through life. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And I love that it's small because they don't have to get overwhelmed, but yet they can keep going and, and doing that. Um, and that program is out or are you working on it? Uh, it? It will be coming out soon. Oh, great. Great. We're looking forward to that. Stephanie, thank you so much for being here and taking the time and educating us. Uh, I'll definitely bring you back because this is a conversation I love to have. To me, it's very important to give our young generation the wisdom, the experience that we have done through the failures and success in order for them to become a better person. But thank you so much for being here. You're welcome, Valerie. And I tell you, what a what an awesome thing that you do to help promote entrepreneurs. So I really appreciate you allowing me this opportunity. Oh, thank you. Yes, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much. You've listened to Real Talk with your host, coach and speaker, Valerie Malone. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might also like Valerie's coaching packages and online programs available on her website, ValerieMalone.com. On her blog, you'll also find free tips, tricks, and strategies to improve the quality of your life and business. Take a look at ValerieMalone.com.